Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Now's the time to get them, however you get them, whether that's in book form, app form, and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, we'll get there, verses 19 through 34. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. I made it back from my retreat. I did not get lost or have any adventures other than just walking in the woods and enjoying being alone, being quiet, reading. Uh, my little cabin had a fireplace, so that was nice each night to, to read and to pray and to be alone, seeking from God, what is next for us? Where are we going? Where are the, the series that you're calling us into? Where in Scripture are you calling us? Where out into the world are you calling us? And it was a wonderful time. Had seven full days, enjoyed every single minute of it. So thank you so much. I want to say thank you to the church board that makes that possible and uh, allows me to get away. I want to thank my staff, Deidre. Just, I just know when I'm gone, everything's handled. It's just done. She has it all under control. And didn't Pastor Kyle do an amazing job last week? What a sermon. What a message. Yeah, go ahead. He's not here, but he'll watch it later. He did a phenomenal job. I mean, so phenomenal, it's like I almost want to take it offline because I don't want anybody else to know about him. It was, it was so good. What an incredible, incredible job. So, but we're entering into this five-week series called Therefore, Gospel Truths That Enable Us to Live Obedient Lives. And I'm excited about this series. These next five weeks are going to be phenomenal. And I'm just going to put this in. We're going to look at these scriptures. All of them have the word therefore in it. Matthew 6, 19 through 34, we'll go through today. Next week, we'll be in Romans for a couple of weeks, both in chapter 8 and chapter 12. Then we'll flip down to 1 Corinthians and then finish together in Ephesians. You're going to want to be here for each one because you're not going to miss, want to miss this series entitled, Therefore. And this is just an old professor of mine, H. Ray Dunning. I don't know if he got it from somewhere else. But he said, whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, you want to find out what the therefore is there for. Got it? All right, you catch, you're with me here. You want to see what the therefore is there for. And so throughout this series together, when we come to those passages, we're going to look at why the therefore or what the therefore is there for. 
Usually that means that there's something that has been talked about at the beginning. There's something that's gone. And then this, there's going to be some reaction to what you've heard previously. And it's tied together with therefore. And the therefore is there for a reason and leads into where the scripture is calling us today. Or in this instance today, where Jesus is calling us. And so if you are able, because this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would invite you, if you're able, to stand in honor of the reading of the gospel. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. This is Jesus speaking. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great the darkness No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, there it is, highlight it. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek First, His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the Word of God for the people of God, both here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. You may be seated. How many of you have ever seen one of these things? Anybody? Yeah? Anybody here ever done one of these? Like gone into the booth? A couple of you have? Yeah, a couple here and there. Uh, If you're not familiar with that, yes, that is money in that booth. You go into the booth. I guess it's somewhat airtight. They put these fans down below you, and there's money laying on the fans. And it begins to blow around, and they give you a time limit. And then you just start grabbing as many as you can and trying to hold on to as many as you can. I mean, I've I've seen people, like, go down and try and, you know, grab like this. I've seen people doing what this guy's doing, you know, just reaching up, grabbing here, grabbing there, trying to do that. 
The problem is, is when you're grabbing for another dollar, you have to open your hand in order to do that. And what happens when it's windy? It blows the dollar that you have in your hand out of your hand. But you just keep going and going and going and you try. And then when the time is up, they stop. And whatever you have in your hand is what you get. Depending on what, if it was dollars or hundred dollars or fifty dollars, you just have what you have in your hand. Now, how many of you would say my life feels a lot like this sometimes? Like I'm just grabbing, 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 grabbing. It's like trying to figure all this out. I'm, I'm always trying to grab things. I, I want to grab uh, more time. How many of you would love to grab more time? I just wish I could just grab a little more time here and there. I want more time with my family. I need more time for my job. I need more time for chores and doing that. Some of us, we want to grab more attention. We want to work on our skills, hone everything, and I just want to grab some attention from some folks. Maybe, maybe my spouse or my kids or, or something along. Some of us, a lot of us want to grab more expenses. How many of you would love to grab more, more, I'm sorry, more experiences? I want to go here, I want to go there. Experiences equals expenses nowadays, doesn't it? I want to grab more experiences. I just need another one and another one and another one. I want to grab more titles. You know, I just, I need the bigger office. I want that, that sign on the door that lets everybody know who I am and what I can do. How about grabbing more things? If I could just drive that car, it would finally mean something. If I could wear those clothes, it would be great. We just grab, 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 grab. And of course, we always would like to grab a little money. I'm sure if I had that booth up here right now, I'd have a line of volunteers ready to go in to just grab a little more money. The only problem is, just like the booth, when you open your hand to grab one thing, the other thing flies away. I want the title, I want that thing, but that's going to mean more work, which means that my experience of wanting more time goes away. I want that experience. I want to grab those experiences, but that means that my money goes away. I want to grab at these things, but it always means that I have to open my hand and something else flies away. And really, Jesus understood this understanding because honestly, his day and age in this capacity was all about grabbing what you could And maybe even a little more seriously because they didn't have mire that you could run to and fill your your shopping cart with food. And so he uses the examples that people might have of food and clothing and, and those kinds of things. Jesus understood this. We didn't read the whole chapter, but we could. If you wanted to go back and read chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, you'll see that there were people who were trying to grab other people's attention through giving. It wasn't that they saw someone and their heart was broken and they, they dropped some coins in the bucket. It was they wanted attention. Look at me, Jesus said. They're play actors. They announce what they're giving. Oh, poor person over here, let me ding, drop as many coins in there as I can to make as much noise as possible so people will see. 
People were trying to grab God's attention through prayer. They would try and cram as many words as possible into their prayer in order for God to hear exactly what they needed so they could look special, that they could look like they had that that intimate, close relationship. But Jesus says they're just play-acting again. And then in our passage, there are people who were grabbing advantage through hoarding material wealth. They were all trying to grab at these things. And for each of them, Jesus gives them something simple and something open. So let's look at that. For the ones who are get, grabbing by grabbing people's attention by giving, Jesus says, just give simply. If you see someone and your heart is breaking for them, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. In other words, just give. Even if there's nobody there to see it, just give. It's simple. Your heart should be broken. Give to those who are in need. A simple prayer. Instead of, you know, all this flowery language and all these words being crammed in, it's just our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today what we need. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Simple prayer. And then, simply to those who were trying to grab attention through hoarding wealth. This one might shock you. Jesus says to them, simply be present. Now, this is where we're going to dig in today, and I hope you'll stick with me as we move towards our therefore. So Jesus kind of, as he's talking to these people who are hoarding material wealth, trying to grab after as much wealth and and food and clothing as they can, Jesus has a warning for them. He lets them know. He wants them to understand that where your treasure is, There your heart will be also. I'll never forget a a round of therapy that I was going through. As As the patient, not the therapist. And I remember moaning to my therapist about you know, as a, I was, I was a undergrad, or I was a graduate student. I was poor. I was racking up debt and just thinking, oh. I wish I could be like those guys who have all the money and all the things. And she said, you know, I, you know, I understand the stress of debt. She said, but I've counseled a lot of those guys. And truly, sometimes they are here moaning about how much effort they have to put into managing all that they've received, all that they've earned, all that they've gotten. She said, it may not be the blessing you think it is. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your mind, your thoughts will be constantly focused in that direction. He goes on and says, as we read, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then comes the therefore. Now, I've underlined it. It's hard to read there. I, I've underlined the I, because I want to I make sure we hear this. When he says, therefore, I, 
who is it that is speaking? Not a trick question. Not a trick question. Who is the one who's speaking? Jesus. So it's not Pastor Jeff. It's not the church. It is Jesus who is saying saying this. And he says, therefore, I tell, and it says you in your Bible, but it's a plural you, and only down south in the United States do we have a plural you, and that's y'all. So Jesus might come off a little southern today. Therefore, I tell y'all, that's all y'all, all of you who are here, all y'all who are online. He tells them, for those of you who are divided over money, for those of you whose heart is focused on grabbing the attention of, and grabbing material wealth and hoarding it, he says this, Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Let's jump in here because I want you to know that that phrase, do not worry, is in the imperative tense. Aren't you so grateful that you could get a grammatical lesson today? It's in the imperative tense. That means that this is a command. Jesus says, for those of you who are dividing your hearts and your minds over things like grabbing onto material wealth, do not worry. I am giving you a command. Do not worry. Now let me pause here for just a second. Because in our day and age, we have people who struggle with things called anxiety disorders. Generalized anxiety disorder. And I want you to hear me say, Jesus is not condemning people who struggle with an anxiety disorder. That has to do with chemicals, that has to do a lot of times with situations in life, and those kinds of things. Jesus is not talking about this kind of anxiety, because we kind of use anxiety and worry as synonyms, or that they mean the same thing. Jesus is not saying that. So what is Jesus saying when he commands us not to worry? The Greek word for worry that is used right here is the word marimnate. Let's say that together. It's a fun word to say. Ready? One, two, three. Marimnate. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Marimnate. Let's say it one more time because it's been two weeks since I've been able to do this with you. Ready? One, two, three. Marimnate. Marimnate comes from the root word, and you'll see, you see it in marimnate, is the root word marimna. And marimna means a part separated from the whole. A part separated from the whole. In fact, the Greek dictionary, the Greek uh, lexicon there will go on and define this as dividing and fracturing a person's being into parts. And it is like us when we are grabbing after this and that and trying to get this. And, oh, when I'm grabbing that, that slips out and, and I can't hold on to everything all at once. We begin. You feel it, don't you? You know this experience. It begins to divide you. It begins to fracture a person's being into parts. And out of that comes the experience of marimnate, worry. And so, 
Jesus has been talking about all the things, whether it was those who were uh, grabbing after attention in giving or grabbing after attention in, in words and prayer or grabbing after attention by, by hoarding things. He's saying that these things divide our being. Person online, it divides your being and out of that comes worry. Are you with me? You've been there. We've experienced this. And it's into this that Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, to y'all, do not worry. Commands us, do not be divided, which is what brings up worry. So I want you to hear this this morning. I want you to know that the therefore is not there for your paycheck. It is there for you to be fully present. I want you to know that the therefore is not there for your money. It is there for you to be present in every moment. I want you to know that the therefore is not there for you to be unwise. Oh, okay, well, I don't have to worry about it, so I'm just not going to go to my job anymore. I'm not going to worry about food. I'm just going to just wait for it to materialize. No, it's not. The therefore is not there for you to be unwise. It's there for you to be undivided. The therefore is not there for you to just try harder. It is there for you to learn to trust Jesus. The therefore is not there for your pennies. It is there for asking who gets priority in your life. There's a lot in that therefore. I think it's good for us to look at why that therefore is there for. So Jesus, when we get down to verse 33, towards the end, He will say, again, this is in the imperative tense, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. How many of you have heard that verse before? (laughs) Yeah. It's a good one. I remember learning it as a kid. Seek ye first. Good old King James as well. What does it mean by kingdom? Because for us, that means borders and boundaries and castles. We're about to have a coronation. Or or did he get coronated while I was gone? I don't know. New king in England, somewhere in there. We just think about those kinds of things. But the Greek word for kingdom is the word basileon. Let's just say it one time together. Ready? One, two, three. Basileon. And Basileon is not about borders and boundaries. It's about who has authority. It is about the rule and the reign of God. So Jesus says, seek first His rule and reign. It's important that we realize that His command is for us to prioritize being under God's rule and God's reign. Being under His authority and power. He goes on and says, it's not just about being under His rule and reign. It's also about seeking first His righteousness. This is a fun word to say. And it's a very popular word in the New Testament. It is the word dikaiosune. Let's say that together one time. Ready? One, two, three. Dikaiosune. What does dikaiosune mean? Yes, it means righteousness. Sometimes it's translated justice. But the movement behind this word is that it is what God is doing to redeem and repair the world. 
That's what righteousness is. It is what God is doing to redeem and repair the world. It is seeking after the prioritizing of His purposes. So the therefore is there for you to be invited to prioritize. That's a lot of P. A lot of P's to say. The therefore is there for you to be invited to prioritize joining with God's purposes. So if we were to pull this verse together, this second command, Jesus is inviting you to prioritize being under God's power and prioritize joining God's purposes. Let's say this. I want you to read this slide out loud. You are called to, ready, here we go, prioritize being under God's power and prioritize joining God's purposes. I often get asked, uh, because I was a therapist before I was a pastor, I often got asked the question, what makes you a Christian therapist? Is it because you are a therapist who just happens to be a Christian? Is it that you like to slap Bible verses onto psychological principles and truth? Is that what makes you a Christian therapist? Now, I had to think about that a lot. And here's my answer, and I think it goes along with as an example of what we are saying. What I believe made me or makes me, when I do counseling, a Christian therapist is that I have a full, firm belief that Jesus loved that couple or that client, that individual who is coming into my office way before they ever decided to come see Jeff McVeigh. He loved them. And through his power and his rule and his reigning, he was drawing them into this moment. And when they no longer need me, God will continue to have authority and rule and reign in their life. He will continue to do that work. That's what God does. And then, so what is it that I am called to do in the time they come in my door and the time that they leave out of my office no longer needing my help? It is for me to recognize that God's power is at work and my call is then to prioritize His purposes for the time they're seeing me. God, I know you're at work in their lives. Help me to just be a part of your purposes of wanting to redeem and restore this couple, this individual, this child, this teenager, whoever it may be. That's what makes me a Christian therapist. That is what Jesus is talking about when he says, seek first. Prioritize God's power and being under it and prioritize his purposes every moment of your life. And folks, what I have found in my life, I guess this is my testimony. I have found that when God has all of me present, when God is my priority, that means His power, His purposes, then God seems to prioritize bringing His power and purpose and presence right into my present situation. Can I say that? Can I say that again? Even though I messed up the spelling there, 
When God has all of me present, when God has all of you present, my friends, when God is your priority, it means you're seeking His power and His purposes, then God seems to prioritize bringing His power and His purposes and His presence into your present situation, whatever that might be. Now, I want to pause here because this isn't a formula. This is, oh, okay, i just got to be present and then I can get what I want. This isn't a formula. It's a faith-building exercise. Because being present, letting go of all the grabbing after things, and being focused right in that moment, God, what do you want in this situation? I I need your power. I want to be under that. I I need to be a part of your purposes. What is your purpose in this situation? Then God seems to come and bring all of those things that we need, whatever that might be. I've been your pastor now almost 15 years. And before I was a pastor, I was a therapist. However, before I was a therapist, I was already ordained as a pastor. I'd just never been one, other than, you know, kind of part-time here and there, helping out in some churches. God moved us to Northern Ireland. And I was really enjoying being a therapist in Northern Ireland while Lori was working on her Ph.D. and doing all of those wonderful things. And I began to think about my ordination. Maybe, just maybe, this is what I was called to do. And maybe I should turn in my ordination and say, I think God is really using me here. And I believe God was really using me in the lives of people through therapy, being a therapist. But I decided to call a mentor. And mentor said, before you do anything like that, I want you to spend quiet time with God and ask God to show you the way and open doors if He wants you to stay ordained as a pastor. And so I I committed to that and I did that. That is the being present, seeking His power and His purposes. And I'm not kidding you. It was only three weeks That the little church in Belfast that we were attending, who had a pastor who was still going through his studies, approached me and said, Would you consider giving our pastor one week, full week off per month where you'll be the pastor so that he can just study? And we'll need you to preach on Sunday morning and Sunday night and do the Wednesday night Bible study. And I just said, Okay, (laughs) yes, I will. And I began to see as, as I was joining and really honestly wanting to, to prioritize God's purposes, to be a part of that right where I was in my present, that it was then that this interim pastor from this church called Kalamazoo First Church of the Nazarene approached me and said, your name has come up, would you be interested? And because he was my dad, he knew that I was really enjoying being a therapist and wasn't really sure about this pastoring thing. And so when I said, sure, I'd be interested in that, he he literally said, you will? (laughs) And to make a long story short, 15 years ago we came because... We were seeking to prioritize living under God's power 
and living towards God's purposes and to be present to whatever God would call us to do. That is seeking first His rule and reign and all the things that He's doing to try and redeem and restore the world. And here we are. We're still trying to do that. So how do we live into this therefore? I want to give you just a few quick things before we go and celebrate Helena and have cupcakes and all of that kind of stuff. Before we uh, approve ballots and do all of those things, I want to give you something. How do we live into this therefore? How do we do this? I want to give you an exercise, and it's called stop. Are you ready? You already know. You see the, the dots there. This means there's something here. There's four things. One, first thing is slow down. Slow down. If you want to stop, before you come to a stop, you have to slow down. That's just how it goes. I, I know so many of us live believing that that yellow light really means go faster. But it really means slow down. That if you're going to be present with God, there's a call to slow down. To bring all the scattered parts of you back into a whole as you move forward. So slow down. Two, trust Jesus. Sometimes that means it's something you have to declare. A friend of mine in Northern Ireland is, is Roman Catholic, a very devout Roman Catholic uh, person. I believe he is saved. He believes in Jesus. He has given his heart, his life to Jesus. He serves Christ with his whole heart and his church and his community. In fact, they have uh, Ukrainian refugees living with them right now because he just believes we have space and this is what Jesus would want me to do. I want to be a part of his purposes. But he has this one little prayer that he prays. And it's simply this. My Jesus, I trust in you. That's it. Talk about simple prayer. I think we could benefit from that. I think as you're slowing down in this stop grabbing, that maybe just simply saying, my Jesus, I trust in you, is a wonderful way to bring yourself fully present, to live under his power and authority, and be seeking after his purposes in the world. My Jesus, I trust in you. Next is, is a physical representation of what we're called to do. And so as you're slowing down, as maybe you're saying this very simple prayer, you may just want to simply open your hands. To simply open them up and say, Jesus, I want to stop grabbing. I want to receive whatever it is that your power would give. I want to receive whatever your purposes would be. There's nothing magical about this. It's just a physical representation of what Jesus is commanding us to do by prioritizing his power and purposes. So slow down, say our prayer, trust Jesus, open your hands, and lastly, present yourself to God. All through the Bible, there are three little words that are said over and over again to people who do this, and it is simply 
here I am. Can you say that with me? Ready? One, two, three. Here I am. In the Bible, it's actually only one word. It's hineni. I'm going to do a series on that at some point. Some point. Of all the people who have said that and where God took them in His power and His purposes. So, are you ready, folks, folks and friends, to stop? To slow down? To trust Jesus? To open your hands? And to present yourself? Say, here I am. I believe it will change who we are if we lean into this therefore. Because it is there for you. Let's bow our heads. John, would you mind to come and just play a little something on the piano? I would appreciate that. It's already turned on and ready to go. With our heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just feel like there are some of us here that if we were honest and, and we, were, we were back in my office talking one-on-one and the cloak of confidentiality was there, you would probably say, Pastor Jeff, my life is so fractured right now. There is so much going on. I just feel like I'm split in so many different directions and there is so much worry happening right now. I can't seem to do it. And you're hearing about this therefore today. think it would be good if I could just practice that right here, right now. So we're going to do that. Is that okay? Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. I want you to take just a moment to just be. (laughs) Take a few deep breaths if you need to. It's a good way to let worry and anxiety go. slow down on the count of three we're going to say our little prayer my Jesus I trust in you ready one two three my Jesus I trust in you I'm going to invite you just with your hands on your laps right there if you're online wherever you are hand on a desk just open your hands up by doing so you're signaling that you're ceasing the grabbing and you're waiting to receive his power his purposes and then we're going to present ourselves to Jesus simply saying, here I am. Ready? One, two, three. Here I am. Jesus, I pray you would take this simple exercise and use it for those of us who are struggling with worry and being fractured and having our hearts and our minds pulled in all different directions. Help us to take even just this small 10 to 15 to 20 seconds of time to pause to slow down to say our prayer of trust to open our hands and to present ourselves to you with a simple prayer of here I am 
pray, God, for those who are needing that right now, that they would realize already you are providing all that we need. You are with us. Help us to learn to trust as we live into this therefore. For we pray and we ask all of these things in the strong and providing name of Jesus. And everyone here and online said, Amen. Would you stand and receive this final blessing before you go? Now, I want to give some instruction before the blessing. If you are not a member here, uh, then we we don't want you to go out of the building. But you can leave the sanctuary and go start blessing the baby. There's going to be blessing bingo. I know in the past we called these things showers and it just felt like they were things for women to do. But guys, this is a baby blessing. And guys can participate in blessing. And there's going to be a uh, blessing bingo. And so stick around, play the game. This is our opportunity to get to know our new member, our new attender. And we want her to know all of us. And so get to know this couple, get to know this baby, be a part of that. If you're not a member, you can go ahead and start that early. If you are a member, we need you to stay so that we can just do this. This is the one that takes a really short amount of time. So we just need you. If you have kids, go get them and come back as quickly as possible. We'll do our quick little vote and then we can all go out and do some more blessing. Okay. Alrighty. Would you receive this blessing? And now May you, my brothers and sisters, prioritize His power at work in your life. May you prioritize His purposes for your life. And may you lean into the beauty of stop, slowing down, trusting Jesus, opening your hands and presenting yourself to Him. And as you do, I pray you will continue day by day to recognize that He is with you and He will provide. I pray these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. Go in His peace. Go, if you're not a member, go out and start partying. If you are a member, stay in here. Have a seat. Hang out. We'll begin in about five minutes. Thank you. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week. for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.